0: Shri Gauri Vasanam Guru Parampara ki jai. Krantara Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. So reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, continuing our discussion of First Canto, Chapter 2. We concluded our last talk with a verse from the second chapter, evam prasana manaso bhagavad bhakti yogataha bhagavat tattva vidyanam mm. mukta is it yes and this verse as we discussed explains the culmination of the ladder if you will of spiritual progress outlined by Rupa Goswami, beginning with Shraddha. Adu Shraddha, Tita, Sadhu Nishtas, Taruchis, hmm. Asakti, Bhava and Prem. So Bhava and Prem are mentioned in this verse again. This section that we have been discussing is where we find the seed verses for that idea of Rupa Goswami's or a kind of a ladder of progressive stages in uh, in bhakti, <clears throat> beginning with initial faith, culminating in preem. And as we've mentioned, Vishwanath Gos- uh, Chakrabhidhakar later took the two verses of Rupa Goswami, derived as they are from these Bhagavatam verses. Although Rupa Goswami doesn't explain that, Vishwanath Chakrabhidhakar, he explained that, in his book Um Madhurja Kadambani and in his commentary on Sumad Bhagavatam as well. So these are the, as I say, the this is the, the, the culminating stages. We discussed them at some length. And then wrapping up this section before Changing the, the direction a little bit towards the to the final section of the chapter, we come to tonight's verse. Bidite sarva chasikarmani So this further sheds light this verse on Prem. It uh, speaks about what Prem does indirectly or as a byproduct, and what Brahm does directly. In other words, the main thing that Brahman does is not "bidyate vidyagranthis chidante sarvasamshaya chyante chasyakarmani," but it's "drishteyatmani <laughs> Vatmanishware. That means the main thing that Brahman does, "drishteyatmani <laughs> shwari," it gives drishta. It gives drishta means sight. So it gives one the sight. It gives one the darshan of Atman Ishwari. Hmm? Atman Ishwari. Atma means self, means soul, it may mean mind. Hmm? And Ishwari, of course, means the Lord, the controller. So Bhagwan is the controller of the mind, ultimately, and he's the Lord also of the soul. So the verse says to us that Dushdev Atmanishwari, when this Prem comes, love of Krishna, then one gets the darshan of Krishna. And two ways are covered here, depending on how we look at the word Atmani. Atmani, as I say, means mean mind. Hmm? So in this context, it means one sees the Lord Atmanishwari within the mind. This is called what? Sputi. Hmm? Sputi, a kind of Experience darshan of the Lord that's internal, antardarshan, another way to speak about it, antardarshan, internal darshan. The experience of the internal darshan is as if it were an external experience. Let's say, for example, the deity speaks to you, and the other devotees are standing next to you, and they didn't hear him say anything. They didn't see his lips move. So this is an example of antardarshan one is experiencing as if before his eyes, but the, but the actual experience is internal. The four verses of the Bhagavatam, the Chatur of Bhagavatam, the seed verses from which the Bhagavatam expands, are said to have been experienced by Brahma in antar He was doing tapa and dhyan, he was doing austerity and meditation, and he had the darshan of the Lord internally. And it was as if he was speaking to him. He shook his hand. He said, well done, Brahma, with your tapa. You followed very nicely, and uh, I'm here to bless you. He appeared in dhyan Mudra to give a blessing to him. And uh, this is then the beginning of our Sampradaya. But it all happened internally. That doesn't make it insignificant by any means. But the idea is that there's something... More than that, a further darshan is to actually have the Lord appear outside before you. Hmm? Now, this is described at some, in some length in Brihad Bhagavatamrita. Hmm? So this is a particular emphasis of the Goswamis. Hmm. But here the idea is in Prem, then internally and externally. Vishnu Chakravita Thakur describes, I believe, in his mother Yukadambani, that the devotee attains Prem and the Panchachatva gives darshan to him. And Radha Govinda and all their associates, Gopas and Gopis, and so forth. And then he follows them. There's a story of um Kinchina Krishna as Babaji, who had the darshan of Krishna and Balaram heading into the forest with the cows, and he's yel- crying out, Don't leave me behind, take me with you. Hmm? <laughs> so, this is uh, this is the main kind of Fruit, the direct result of Brahm, and indirectly, three words are used to really kind of emphasize the point. It says, bidyate chidante, chiante, Vidyate, pierced." Hmm? What bidyate hridaya grunty. There's a there's a granta, granta here means not, hmm? and it's it's the knot of the hridaya grunti, So not of the heart. The heart is, is in a, is tied in the knot. This means a hunkar. The hankar is the basis of our material existence, the identification with matter. So this is this is not untied, it's it pierced, it's cut once and for all. Strong language. So this difficult to overcome. Uh, it's like the Gordian knot of Alexander's time, when it was said that if you can, whoever can cut the, whoever can un- undo the Gordian knot, is it, then he will be the conqueror of India. And of course, many big kings came and with their strength and tried to undo the knot, and they could not. And Alexander, as a young boy, came and said, I can do it. And they asked him, Well, you step forward and we'll see. And he took out his sword and he cut the knot. He undid the knot. Hmm and he became the conqueror of India. So, there's a kind of a common sense then that bhakti is all about, which is very uncommon. Hmm? This is an example that helps us to appreciate bhakti. There are other ways, there are other paths to untie this knot. Hmm? They've been explained here in the text earlier on. Hmm? It was explained that here in this chapter, we find uh, 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 the uh, um, Goswami speaking to the sages. He he says, "Krishna Samprashna, all oh, you ask the question, prashna prash, prashna. nice questions, complete questions, because they're about Krishna. Hmm? All good can come from that. Good answers can come from that. And uh, he praises Sukadeva in two verses." He begins to explain hmm, um, the uh, the nature of the truth, brahmeti, paramatmeti, bhagavan iti, vrantitat, tatvalidas, tatvamid, hmm? Famous verse. Huh? And in the context of describing, then he, then he says, in the next verse he describes, this verse says, The absolute truth is uttered by Gan Tattva, non dual consciousness, known variously as Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. Hmm? And in the next verse, he, he explains that there there are corresponding paths. And we study the text carefully. We see he's describing corresponding paths for Brahman, for Paramatma, and for Bhagavan. And they are Gan, Yoga, and Bhakti. Hmm? And, and the discourse goes on glorifying bhakti. So the different paths have been mentioned hmm, there. He goes off then to 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 mention, to contra he, he says he glorifies bhakti, what does he say? He says, the, the, the question is was that that this discourse here gave rise to from the first chapter is answered completely. This is what the scriptures say is the best duty for human society, the pro dharma, it's bhakti to it hoksa uninterrupted unmotivated, causeless, it will fully satisfy the self. It means the Supreme Lord will be fully satisfied, you'll be fully satisfied, and so forth. Vasudeva bhagavati bhakti yoga prayojita jani atyajuvai rāgyam jñānam chaita hoi And the corollary of that, that you'll become detached, you'll get knowledge very quickly by, by this bhakti that will come, in the wake of that, and so forth. And then to distinguish this kind of dharma, this pro-dharma, which is a kind of a new idea here in the Bhagwat. After all, we, see, we know the sages were gathered for a thousand years to hear about Dharma. It wasn't until Sutta came and sat on the seat and by association caused them to inquire more deeply. And the Bhagavad is coming out for a second time here. He, having heard it from Sukadev, now repeating it to the sages, causing them to ask questions by his very presence, his father being replaced, him being replaced by himself and by the influence of Baladev and so forth. This is how the Bhagavatam is, is coming to us, such a nice history. Mm-hmm. And so, it's a new dharma, hmm? parodharma, and it's bhakti, and it's the supreme transcendental path as well. And what about ordinary dharma? Well, that, he says, "Dharma That dharma is useless unless it gives a taste for bhakti. Hmm? Thus, he gives Vasudeva katha ruchi for Vasudeva Krishna, he gives a taste for hearing about him. It's a waste of time. Hmm? As far as dharma goes, he says, this is the dharma, as much as Hari is pleased, that's dharma. Hmm? So this is a revolutionary idea about dharma that he's giving. Uh, transcending the dharma-marg, the ordinary religious idea, and transcending yoga and jnana, other transcendental paths. He comes back to those transcendental paths after speaking about ordinary dharma and distinguishing this bhakti from it slightly. Hmm? When he says what? He says, uh, Dharma is really for this, Inquiring about the meaning of life, for not just improving our life but going deeper, hmm? um, and so forth, and uh, and well, and, uh, that tattva again is the Brahman, the Paramatma, the Bhagavan, and so forth. So um, then he then he begins describing the different stages of bhakti. Hmm? Now he comes to the end. He comes to through the brain here, and he says that what the byproduct of it is, what can be accomplished maybe to some extent and with great difficulty by gyan and by karma, these are other paths that try to untie that knot in the heart that deal with experiential spirituality as opposed to religion, ordinary dharma. But they're trying to untie that knot like those kings that tried to untie the Gordian knot. Hmm? They used their intelligence and their strength as best they could, but a common sense thing eluded them. Hmm? This is bhakti. In other words, we try by jnana, by exercise of the vivek and and uh, discrimination and detachment and, and longing for mukti and all these things. By yoga, it's a very sophisticated method, right? Yoga to disentangle oneself from material life. Uh, so these they they overtly appear to be quite spiritual. The corollary of jnana is detachment. Hmm? Got that real penetrating intelligence and so forth. And yoga, obviously, the postures and the the breathing and the, the samadhi. Eyes going in the head and and so forth, <laughs> so they uh, they get control of the senses and the organs, and so it, these both overtly look spiritual, like they would be good means to untie that knot, but they are based primarily on on effort, on a self effort, and bhakti is not. Bhakti is is based on the common sense idea that that. My effort will not be successful, be sufficient. The problem is too vast. Hmm? I need help for that. Hmm? Who's ever be behind the whole knot, I'll invoke his presence. It's a kind of a common sense thing. Our plight is overwhelming. Hmm? I mean, even if we look at material nature and think, I would try to understand matter, we'd we'll be totally bewildered. Where can we... Where can, where can we get with that they look deeper into the atom and it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper more mysterious they become more confused more they learn more but as they learn more the less they realize they know what is the vastness of matter you thought it was solid it turned out not to be and thought there was one universe there may be many millions of them and so on and so forth so it's huge it's vast it's it's it's, it's um not possible to bring it within the fist of our intellect, or by any effort gross or subtle, as in yoga, on our part. Hmm? But to invoke the the intelligence behind the whole thing, and to acknowledge there must be some, to invoke that and to have, develop a friendly relationship with that, uh, and so forth, then this is kind of a bhakti common sense thing. The common sense of bhakti, well, we are all serving, so let's just repose our serving tendency in the right place. Hmm? It doesn't look spiritual overtly. It doesn't look spiritual. It's not about going anywhere, but it's so powerful of an idea that Bhagwan comes down to us and unties that knot. He enters the heart like a sweeper in the form of the holy name, hmm? and with a sword, you know, cuts the knot very easily. So. This is the bidhite hudeagantis. The knot is pierced. It doesn't say the knot is untied, which would imply some effort. It's pierced. It's cut. It's slashed. It won't be tied again. Once you cut it, then you can't tie it again. You know, it's, it's only Something like that. Anyway, these are the implications. So Then three times this strong language is used to em- emphasize the extent to which bhakti, Indirectly, as a byproduct of herself, accomplishes a task that is the, is the entire task of yoga and jn that neither jnana nor yoga can effectively accomplish without some help from bhakti. So, bijate hridaya chidyante sarva samshaya. The knot is pierced, the doubts are slashed. samshaya samsaya means doubts and they're problematic to us we have doubts that we will succeed this is done away with hmm? by bhakti pratyakshavagamam dharmam susukam ghatamave and this is implied here hmm? also here in the next verse that it is it, self evident uh, and 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 in time with good association doubts are gone the doubt that i will be successful this bhakti will move it chijanti sarvasamshay chiyante Again, jyante, chasya, karmani, jyante. The karma is terminated. So to terminate the karma, to do away with doubts and come to avidya, from avidya, source of doubts, ignorance, to vidya, to knowledge, terminate karma, to untie the hankar. These are the goals of yoga and gyan. And these paths are unsuccessful without some admixture of bhakti and in bhakti these this is the byproduct in a comprehensive way it wants to say hm says it's so powerfully these these this is done with just dealt with swept aside the problem is swept aside in the context of bringing in, in touch with a solution i like to give the example it's one thing if you if you if you dig a hole and put every put your 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 Garbage in there, but here we're taking, digging a hole, and then building a temple on top of it, and dancing in kirtan, And says, so there's, "There's no chance of it ever coming back up again, no chance whatsoever." But ever, uh, the Bhagavatam gives the example of the, the the sun. The sun appears, and the fog is dissipated. Mm-hmm. again yeah, like trying to light a fire to mm-hmm. do away with the fog. Imagine we could burn down the whole forest in the process. Yeah, it's problematic. The bhakti is natural, easy. nirham <laughs> hmm? So, in this bhakti here, being talked about, is Prem Bhakti. There's sadhana bhakti, bhav bhakti, Prem Bhakti. We've gone through all of these. Prem Bhakti. The real fruit of which is drishta yeah. The Lord is seen. Hmm? And he's not in the implication, he's not only, to what extent is he seen? He's not only seen within, he's seen without within, without the inner life and the outer life become non different. Hmm? fellow asked me in North Carolina what is it necessary to worship the Lord outside? Hmm? Or can we just worship him inside? Hmm? And I gave a nice explanation. If you worship inside really, then it will come out your inside, it will become your outside and the difference between inside and outside it will be lost. And so, the real fruit of brain, then, is this. There's no difference between your inner life and your outer life. And thus, the heart is pierced, as Prabhupada says, the, knot the heart is pierced, all misgivings are cut to pieces, the chain of fruit of actions is terminated, and one sees the Lord. One sees the self, It means one sees the Lord of the self, one sees the Lord of the mind, one sees the Lord outside, one sees Him everywhere. This is this is praying. Hmm? And Pray begins with separation, wherein it's said that in union there's one Krishna and separation there's millions of Krishna everywhere, you see? <laughs> so comprehensive end to, to the solution to the material problem. And then one bridge verse here between this section and the concluding section of the Bhagavatam. Sudukasami says Atovai kavayo nityam bhaktim paramaya mudha vasudeve bhagavati kurvanti atma prasadanim. He says in Prabhupada's translation, certainly, hmm, sava, ato kavayo, the, the, the kavis, the learned people, certainly, with most certainty, kavayo nityam means always. But Prabhupada uses the word nityam, he says, since time immemorial. It's a nice use here, since time immemorial. It means what's being talked about here again is a new thing. You understand? Bhagavatam is a new revelation. It's a new testament of the Vedas. It's a new idea. And what is a new idea? Krishna's two Bhagavan Sayam. So um, this is what Bhagavatam comes to tell us. Krishna is this, the source of all, all the avatars. Krishna is the source of the Purusha, the Mahavishnu, the source of Narayan krishna swayam bhagavan bhakti to him is the be all and end all of of devotion this is the highest path and so forth so he wants to say it's a new thing but it's it's actually since for, forever and this is not an, it's not a new thing it's new to you it's newly being revealed hmm? but don't think this is just some new religion no that this has been going on forever what huh that um, that atubai uh, nityam, learned people the kabbis since the time immemorial forever bhaktiun hmm? paramaya they have been finding great joy in bhakti to Vasudev Vasudev Bhagavati to Krishna Vasudev Krishna who is God hmm? and and because that in itself kurbanti atma. Prasadhanam is, is is enlivening. Hmm? So this is not a new idea. So he's, now he's introducing, kind of as they bridging into the next section, hmm? the joyful nature of bhakti to vasudev Sri Krishna. Hmm? And um, joyful means it's joyful in sadhana, it's joyful in bhava Bhakti, it's joyful in Prema Bhakti. In, in sadhana bhakti, suffering is destroyed. Attachment is destroyed. Mm, this is suffering. Pain may be there, but suffering is attachment. That's another thing. So this is all destroyed. So then how does it bridge? Because here again it is emphasizing Krishna, the Supreme Personality of God. What is the next section? The next section, the last section of this second chapter, is really an introduction to the next chapter, the third chapter. And the third chapter is where we find Krishna's bhagavan Swayam, because it's all about the different avatars the incarnations of Krishna. There'll be a list, starting with the Purushas, hmm? starting with Mahavishnu, uh, Garbhadakshai Vishnu, Shirodaksha Vishnu, then the avatars that come through them, 28 of them coming to Krishna, hmm? and then the reflection back on the quality of Krishna, Krishna's two above one, so I am. Very important section of Bhagavatam, this is this is an, another answer coming to one of the questions um, in the the first chapter, direct answer. So he bridges the gap by concluding with uh, the the joyful nature of bhakti and emphasizing that bhakti is to Krishna. So then he will go now and he will say what? He will say, Satvam tama iti iti prakriter gunas tair Yukta para purusha eka iha Siti adaye hari mirinchi Hariti Sanya Shayang Sitatra Kolo Satvatanu He says Satvam Rajastama Itti Prakrite Gunaista He's talking about the Guna avatars, hmm? Gunas of the Bondage. Hmm? That knot of Hungkar influenced by the Gunas has been untied. There are representations of the Godhead. In, that appear to be in connection with the Gunas, he wants to single out amongst them Vishnu, Shriyamsi, hmm? Tathakolo, Satpatonornilamsu, that bhakti should be for Vishnu, hmm? Vishnu. He that will you, the greatest good will come from that, not from worshipping Brahma, not from worshipping Shiva, and and by extension, by cultivation of sattva, not by cultivation of Thomas and Rajas will we'll, we'll, we, we'll we move in the transcendental direction to understand the transcendental personality of God who is multifarious, has innumerable manifestations. He, this Vishnu within the guna avatars, who's, who is the Purusha, hmm, from which all the other avatars come and so forth, this Purusha is coming from Krishna. This is what he wants. This is how he's he starts it like this. Hmm? He starts with Krishna, bhakti to Krishna, and then he goes all the way down to the Purusha. That's the other end of the spectrum. Hmm? Even even in a sense, it's the other end of the spectrum because the avatars, they come through the Purusha, but they even kind of transcend the Purusha, so to speak. Hmm? You understand, the Purusha means Mahavishnu. He's coming from Narayan. Hmm? The avatars are coming from vaikuntha through the Mahavishnu. Yeah. So uh, he goes to the bottom end, the gunavatars. He singles out Vishnu. He wants to say, "This is the transcendental Lord to whom bhakti is directed, and uh, there will be more good benefit. This is the ultimate good, which is what bhakti is about. Which is what the king wanted to know. What's the ultimate good? It's bhakti, and it's bhakti to Vishnu. It's not devotion to Shiva or to 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 to, to, to Brahma. The Relationship with the mode, to the modes, with these three guna avatars, is one of um, of uh, contact, proximity, and we could say supervision. So, Brahma's in in contact hmm, with the mode of passion, and thereby under the influence, he's creating. Shiva's in proximity. So, sometimes it's said he's in contact, and sometimes that he's not. He's in proximity to it. He's a transformation of Vishnu, and Vishnu is connected with the gunas how, by supervision. Hmm? This is what he wants to say. His position is superior. Hmm? He was supervising over the gunas, not affected by the gunas. He goes there how? How does how does Vishnu contact the gunas? By glancing. Saikshataha, by glancing. What is that glance? That is us. This is what the scriptures say everywhere. From Sushupti, the glance of Vishnu, and the world starts, the Pradhan is activated by consciousness, by glancing. Hmm? Um, Sometimes the consciousness itself is called Shiva, Hmm? made up of so many individual Jivas. The world starts... People don't like this explanation <laughs> in some sects, <laughs> but it's everywhere in the scripture, everywhere in the scripture. And they almost like want to vilify Mahavishnu. Mahavishnu is the personification of of, 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 of compassion, actually. Mahavishnu is the avatar of compassion. We say Mahaprabhu is the supreme Mahabhadinaya avatar, that's a fact. But the side of him that we're speaking about, hmm, when we speak about him as Mahabhadinaya avatar, means his dispensation, right, mm. through Namsan Kirtan. This is all brought about by Advaita, who is Mahavishnu, compassionately compassionately thinking of the condition of the fallen souls, calling, insisting that Krishna must come, he worshiped the, uh, the Shalagram with Tulsi and, and Gangajal, all out of compassion. So Mahavishnu is the compassionate form. This is... This is how his love with the Jivas, this is a relationship. Hmm? In other words, Krishna has a certain relationship with the Jivas. It's not about compassion. In, 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 the only way, the place that compassion is found in Krishna Leela, in one sense, in the Braj Leela, is Mother Yasoda has compassion for Krishna. Hmm? This is called Karuna. Karuna means mercy. It's it's a compassion rasa. And the devotee has it for Krishna. Hmm? But, okay. But in the form of Mahavishnu, we find here the relation. He doesn't have a lila relationship with the with the Jiva. Hmm? Out of joy, he becomes many. And the many, because he is the the supervisor of material nature. Hmm? That's his domain. He glances; the Jivas come out. They're small. They get affected by the largeness of Maya, and he, then he, he, he calls for avatars, hmm? and they come through him, to 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 bring to, to remedy the the predicament. Hmm? He he. So his relationship with the jivas is compassion, and it's ironic because when you speak about this, sometimes they think, well, you know, then there's there's you you're 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 somehow Talking about a situation where there's no love, hmm. I think the good will is lost because karma is anadi. Hmm. There's no there's no free will. How can there be love? But as long as there there's anadi, karma is anadi. The world is anadi. The, you can't have a world without karma. Hmm. The world is without beginning, as much as Vishnu's exhalation has no beginning. Hmm. So karma has no beginning. Hmm. So the jiva's conditioning has no, no no beginning. But the jiva's choice to come out of that has no beginning either. Hmm? Uh, the avatars are coming and so So this is all the play of Shishti Lila, and this is the compassionate form of Bhagwan. We should have such regard for Mahavishnu. Hmm? He called in the form of Advaita Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to the Yuga, the do the Yuga Dharma. This is the compassion. Hmm? Of course, in the context of that, because he's Krishna himself doing something else at the same time, internally exploring the depths of of Radha's love, then the deliverance that comes is a special kind of deliverance. But the two things are separated, aspects of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu: the compassionate aspect, and then the internal. So with Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, we experience a different kind of love, relationship than we do with Mahavishnu. With Mahavishnu there's there's a relationship of compassion for the Jivas. So he's dear to us, important to us. We have a great greatest regard for Mahavishnu. He's our 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 source. But he wants us to meet his source. This is the idea <laughs> to meet his source. Krishna's too Bhagavan Swayam. Hmm? So he begins anyway, this, this this section and and uh and then he gives I guess we'll conclude with this verse, then he gives an example. He says Partibhad Tasmad with regard to these modes of nature, which are the binding force and which the, there are manifestations of the God that preside over them, the important of which is Vishnu, the important of the modes of which is is sattva, he says. There, he gives an example. There's wood. There's smoke. There's fire. Better than wood is smoke. Better than smoke is fire. Hmm? He says. Hmm. Similarly, the idea is, better that wood is inert, hmm? and smoke is has, has movement, hmm? and fire has. Uh, as as like utility, or you can say um, obscuration, agitation, revelation mm? the mode of ignorance obscures, makes things unclear, bewilders mm? the mode of passion agitates mm? makes things happen, and the mode of goodness is. Revelator, compared to the fire, the, it means like the fire of sacrifice from which revelation comes. Hmm? So this example is given to then to emphasize again the importance of the God who presides over the entirety of material nature as a supervisor and particularly is concerned with, with sattva, with maintenance with, and, with, and its influence. From sattva comes knowledge, from sattva comes happiness. Vishnu is the god amongst the Gunavatar that presides over the, over mm, over this mode of nature. Mm. So sometimes there is a debate whether whether wood is better or, or smoke is better. Because from wood you can get fire, but from smoke you can't. And so some people say if Shiva is better than uh, than 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 uh, than Brahma, mm. we don't necessarily. Uh, disagree, but the main point here, the point of the Bhagavatam is that Vishnu is the object of worship for the devotees, hmm? the supreme form of which, of course, is Krishna, and he'll come to that. So this section is introduced to a few more verses along these lines before we enter into the third chapter. Any question? All right, we stop there. vrntarasa Suman bhagavatam